Well, welcome inside to this newest edition of Keep It Real with Alex Garrett. And it's sort of a sports edition, as I have the originator of Steiner Sports, Brandon Steiner, on my telephone line. Brandon, welcome inside. Well, thanks for having me. Pleasure to speak with you. Um, As people know, I have moved on from Steiner, and uh, I now run a company called Collectible Exchange. And the Steiner Agency, which allows people to actually buy their stuff and sell their stuff as well on my site. So it's a new deal. Collectible Exchange is kind of a little bit a crossover of the Player Tribune and eBay. So it's cool. I'm just moving on to something new, and it can come at a better time. Uh, Obviously, this world and this country is going through a lot of changes, and so am I with my career. So, hey. The world keeps spinning. Well, we had met at the Thurman Munson dinner. Yes. And I, I, how many years have you gone to that dinner? Um, I've been involved with that dinner almost since the inception, you know, between sending players or going or donating. And, you know, Thurman was one of my favorite players. And obviously, uh, I don't want to get into a whole rant about this, but, you know, he should be in the Hall of Fame. He was one of the greats and such a great leader and one of the great franchises. So I'm a big fan of him and uh, was a big fan of him when he was alive and got to meet him once and uh, when I was 15 and wow. it was just amazing. When you were actually 15, the number on his jersey, how about that? Yeah, crazy. I was in Boston and uh, my mother let me sneak out of the hotel to go to a game and I was yelling and screaming. I scalped the ticket and uh, Thurman was very intense. You know, be, you know, he was just a crazy, you know, I screamed for an hour during batting practice. Everything never even looked my way. And uh, after the game, I went back into my hotel, which is the same hotel the players were staying at. And as the elevator doors closing, his big arm held the door open. And uh, he walked in the elevator and looked down at me and, you know, just looked, stared me right in the face and said, what did you want? And I was just like this kid looking up at my hero. And I was like, I don't know what to say. And I said, would well, you sign my program? And I still have that program uh, back from 1975. He signed it. And, you know, it was just amazing. Just the whole, just, you know, this guy just was his, his arms were huge. It was just a moment. It was like my first autograph. It was pretty cool. And Diana's kept that dinner going from its inception yeah. 40 years now, and she's got a heart of a lion, doesn't she? She's, she's amazing, and uh, it's a great cause. And I'm you know, very, 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 very blessed to be a part of it and support um, to all the good work they do. It's just, you know, it's just he's just one of those guys that, you know, translates what Yankee baseball is all about and the pride and the passion and the pinstripes. So. Anybody who's been associated with the Yankees understands that, I think, and uh, understands what that brand means. And he really was really was a, a, a big part of building that brand up. Well, let's talk about that. So you, you obviously work with the Yankees intensely during those years. You still do, I imagine. And you work yes. with Derek. And so, firstly, uh, Derek's going to Hall of Fame this year, which has kind of lost sight with all the coronavirus stuff going on. He's still going to Hall of Fame later this year if it's not canceled. And um, what were your memories with Derek as part of that collector's uh, community? Well, first of all, not not that this virus is wished or, you know, it's obviously tragic, but Derek was always somebody who wanted to, you know, take the attention away from him. So, uh, unfortunately, this is not exactly what he would have wished for, but, you know, he really wasn't somebody who really wanted and, and attracted a lot of attention. So this Hall of Fame induction will probably, I think, would maybe come a little more lower key and less pressure on him than would have been if things were normal. And that's kind of how Derek was. He was a team guy, team first, very consistent. I would say, you know, the word that they played around with at the end of his career, respect, was really the right word because he was very respectful to his teammates, very respectful to the game, respectful to his partners, and very consistent. And that was his main 
I think one of the biggest parts of his game was just his overall high-level consistency with his partners. He was a great partner. His The way he played the game um, was very consistent on a high level, which is, you know, when you think about it in life, it's really hard to do. I mean, anybody could have a good day. Anybody could have a good few months, a good year. But when you put 20 of them together, you know, 20 great years, you know, when you just put year in and year out, you know, great fielding, great batting average, great leadership, you know, that's special. And I think uh, that's how my relationship went with him uh, when we were able to work together back when he was a player, was, you know, extremely consistent, always considered the fans first. Um, you know, when we did team projects, that was always a priority. It always bent, you know, to make it work so he didn't get in the way, even though he's one of the bigger names. So it was a blessing to work with somebody like this. And, uh, you know, same thing, you know, Mariano was another one that was very similar in his approach. And uh, Joe Torre was another one in his approach. You know, always kept himself grounded. So it was a blessing. It was amazing. Well, I, I'm sure you've been baseball-centered, but Tom Brady also in the news this week, yeah. uh, now leaving <clears throat> New England to go to the Buccaneers. But did you have any interaction with him? Did you have any, uh, you know, partnership with Tom Brady as well? Any memories of Tom as a Patriot? Well, not on the collectible end. We just did a couple marketing things with him. But, you know, also very consistent. Again, high-level expectation and, and of himself and his teammates. Um, with the things he did commit to was always, you know, consistent, uh, respectful. And that's why he is the GOAT, and that's why he is what he is. You know, what's interesting about Tom is that not only what he, what he accomplished, but you could see when you are great at your craft, when you put everything into what you do, and you're not interested in success, but you're interested in extraordinary, which is something like a Jeter and, and a... And a Mariano or Tom Brady has, has accomplished. They weren't interested in success. They wanted to be the best right. that ever was or the best of that time. And when you think about the effect, when you have that, when you have that kind of uh, focus to, to master your craft or what you can do and how you could kind of move things, um, when you look at the effect of like a Tampa will now have with season tickets, with the stores, the economy around that stadium, uh, sporting goods stores, sports bars, I mean, People don't realize, that, although, you know, obviously it's a big salary and, and you know, all these things some of these guys get, but when you think about the kind of revenue, the amount of media that will now go to those games, the amount of players that now will want to go and play in those games, the sponsors that will jump on this bandwagon, there's a huge number here. We're talking in the hundreds of millions of dollars that this guy, by deciding to go to Tampa, will now make happen, and not to mention the value of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I'm sure will escalate quite a bit. Uh, radio rights, you know, that the team will be able to get their website. I mean, there's so many aspects and so many people that are affected that will now have increased opportunity, make more money. Uh, the city will take on another level because the amount of games that will be on national TV will increase, showcasing the town, showcasing different highlights of the city, which will be good for the city. It's amazing what one player, when you master your craft, like the way he has, what they can do for uh, a city. Well, is this is this different? Would you say than LeBron going to LA? I mean, that was a match made in heaven. It seemed like, but it still shocked the world when when LeBron James went over to LA. I mean, that just boosted that organ that franchise back up again. Well, it reset it. I mean, it, that franchise had some pretty high levels with some pretty high level players, and it wasn't too long ago that you know a guy named Kobe was hanging out, uh, winning some titles. So it hadn't dropped down to the level like maybe where Tampa Bay kind of has been kind of you know at, but. What's interesting about LeBron, I think, is a different story because it's really when you look at where he started and some of the dips and some of the drops, and you look at his curve, when you look at his 
actual curve as a player and as a business person, he is amazing. Not because he's made some stupid mistakes. I mean, the whole Miami thing, strategically, uh, sponsor-wise, obviously Nike-wise, all those things were not great. But he really then coming back to Cleveland, winning that championship, making right. But more importantly, what he has done is he's picked up where Magic Johnson has left off. And that's, I think, the big message and the big get is not so much what he's going to do for L.A. because L.A. is popping and everybody knows what L.A. is. But the message he has sent to players about taking ownership, about speaking out. He's been one of the first high-level players that has been extremely uh, visible and has spoken out against the president, against issues in other leagues, and really empowered players to speak up, take ownership, have ownership, show them out of ownership, has taken a role in the media. I got to tell you, man, I was never a huge LeBron fan. You know, you can't not as a player, but I'm a huge LeBron fan all in all now because not – it's weird, not where it's not how far he's come, but where he's come from, where he started, and watching him grow up, which is right. what we all should be doing: getting better, using the avenues and some of the things that we get, and, and taking advantage of it. And that's exactly what he's done. He's taken advantage of his platform. He's not sat idle. He's grown with ownerships, partnerships with his pizza, partnerships with his TVs. It's it's amazing, and that's what I love to see: is not only the opportunities and see people get filthy rich. But taking advantage and using that platform to help others and set an example, which he's done, I think, in a lot of cases for many players in the league to make them much smarter and open up their eyes. And I think another guy who's done that, too, by the way, is Chris Paul. You know, for a small little point guard, he has a big role. And I love the business leadership that he has taken with the NBA PA and showing the players different opportunities, different things they could do. Because we all know how many players go broke so many years after their career, and these guys are putting out influence that I think will have a big effect that I hope will shorten those, uh, shorten those amount of players that maybe go broke and getting them to wisen up. So I'm, I'm, a real, I'm a real big NBA fan, to be honest with you. I can tell. I love That's that awesome. league, and I love Adam Silver, love David Stern, love them, think he's one of the greatest businessmen I've ever met. Uh, Adam Silver's a genius well, as, as far as uh, what he's taken from Dave and then putting his own spin on it. Sorry, I'm on a little no, rant. No, no, this is great. But let me let me yeah. ask you this now, since you mentioned that you love the NBA. Was de Blasio in the right or the wrong to say, how are the Nets getting tested while everybody else is? I, mean, I just feel like you shouldn't take on a, a sports team like that, especially because everybody should be tested, athlete or non-athlete, during this time. Yeah, I, you know, I, listen, you know, there, there is some there is some nervousness with a bunch of the teams that have played against other teams. So they were getting tested just like everybody else in some respect because they obviously came in contact with some players that did have it. I, I don't think, you know, I think that some of the stuff that I see in the media is really important to communicate. And it, it kind of sometimes I wonder, like, why some of the politicians are even bringing this kind of stuff up. It's really not important. We have enough anxiety. You know, we, we already reached the highest level of anxiety as a society probably that, than ever I can remember. So bringing up stuff like it's the Chinese virus, it's like we don't need to bring up blame and, and point fingers at different scenarios that are occurring. We need to all kind of stay together, stay calm. And I, I'm not sure that, you know, getting into these little small little quarrel things that are somewhat questionable. I mean, I don't know how those guys got tested. And I think we're all confused about the whole testing process. So why add more confusion? Absolutely. Uh, but I, listen, I think he's under a lot of pressure. And the media is under a lot of pressure, and they're asking them a lot of questions, and it's probably difficult to start sorting out as these things get asked. 
of what to just say, you know, I'd rather not talk about that. But under normal circumstances, he probably was better off not talking about it. And by the way, I, I do want to say, I think both the governor and the mayor have done a great job for the city. I think they've really oh, stepped tremendous up. Leadership. No question. Yeah. So um, kudos to them. Now, you just mentioned Kobe a little while ago. Yeah. Got to ask you, did you have any interaction with him? Any memories of him during your time or even after he retired from basketball? Do you have any memories with him? Well, I have my one big memory. And you know what's sad about the Kobe thing above every, all the sadness? Just the whole thing is just tragic. But he was really getting into the stuff that I'm into. You know, when you go to BrandonSteiner.com and you get tremendous interviews, motivation, my blogs are all about, you know, how to become great, how to become extraordinary. And he was putting out the stuff. I mean, he was putting it out fast and furious about how to become that mamba, how to become that uh, assassin. And he was not only putting it out, but he was explaining in great detail, which I don't think people really get the kind of insight when you have somebody as great as he was, how you do it. People tell you, work hard, do this, but they don't explain in really specific detail how to get to that extraordinary greatness. And a lot of his videos, if people out there listening get a chance to Google it, either on Facebook or YouTube, I mean, it's unbelievable stuff. I mean, I took so many notes from so many of his interviews in the last year or two, and he was really getting into it, obviously, the effect on women's basketball. So I'm at a Nick game. Mariana wanted to go to a game, and, and him and his son, and his son wanted to meet Kobe. So we went to the Nick game, and it happened to be the game where he dropped 63. So it was a pretty cool game, and, you know, and I don't mean to sound uh, name-dropping, but, you know, I was sitting next to Jay-Z, and I was sitting next to Mariana. It was a very cool night. But if you've ever gone to a game and you've seen their celebrity, it's not like you're getting a lot of attention. It's actually to some point gets annoying. So I was ready for the night to be over. And then the kid was like, Dad, to Mariano, I want to go meet Kobe. And that's just not Mariano. Like, Mariano's pretty low-key when it comes to that. I don't think you really want to go in the locker room. But we did. So we go in the locker room. He's just dropped 63. The meteor is going crazy. You can see the room overflowing. And Kobe comes into the room, and he just goes crazy. Tell the PR guy, you tell the media you're going to have to wait. I am with the GOAT. I'm with Mariano Rivera. Makes his, the, the, the locker room guy go get him a camera and a pen. He wants an autograph, wants to take photos with Mariano. And he completely flips the situation and says, Mariano, would you mind if I send you a jersey to get signed? And I just got to find out how you, how you do it. I got to understand how you, how you throw that cutter and how when you're in these big games, you're so calm. I mean, you think at some point I can call you? I mean, he was just, it was crazy. Like, we, here we are. This guy just dropped 63, and he's asking all the questions. And I uh, was just completely taken in with Mariano. I just thought that was definitely odd. But it kind of showed his curiosity, his level of focus about trying to get any kind of tip or any kind of angle towards greatness. And you can see his excitement. And anybody I've ever met, you know, especially some of the guys on the Olympics, always said this guy was in the gym no matter what, an hour or two before practice, hour or two after practice. It was, it was not really – there was no boundaries with this guy. And I love that about him because I look at the way I, you know, the way I work, and sometimes I get that way a lot, and my employees kind of get pissed at me because I tend to forget sometimes the boundaries. And I think if you want to be extraordinary and you got a, you know, if you got a shot clock in your office, then you're probably headed towards mediocrity. You know, you, I always tell people you can't have a shot game. You can't have a shot clock in your game if you want to be great. Well, we just had uh, New York State uh, on pause, breaking news, by the way. But this story, uh, this story fits in. Be, the, the stories that you're telling, I think are going to help people through this time. So thank you for sharing today, Brandon, because, look, 
we're all kind of a little depressed inside, quarantine, whatever you will. And these stories, people are going to want to hear during this time of non-sports. So thank you for sharing that today. Well, I appreciate that. And, and I'd say two things. One, the comeback's always better than a setback. And, you know, we're pretty resilient. And there's a lot of smart people in this country. Who, and we'll come back. And the other thing is what's really hard, and I always tell people, I talk about this in my last book, uh, Living on Purpose. By the way, I'm giving it away free on my website. So if you go to cxstuff.com, you can get the book for free. You just have to pay for the shipping. But one of the things I talk a lot about success and about life that people don't realize is faith. Not religion, faith. And faith is believing in something, even though sometimes you can't see it. And I think now is probably a time, and I think even in sometimes when you have your trials and tribulations, whether it be in a relationship or a business, as crazy, as aggressive as I am, I do refer and I do sit down and have faith, you know, knowing that there is a higher power and knowing that there is something that's going to steer me ultimately in the right direction, even though I think some of the best things that's ever happened to me in life has come after some really rotten things that have happened. So this may be another one of those things on the list that, you know, sometimes when you think about the best thing that's ever happened, meeting your wife after having a tragic breakup with a girl of your dreams that you thought was everything, and then you meet your wife. Or, you know, you get fired from a job and you end up getting even a better job, and you're heartbroken about losing the job. So um, faith is really important, and and I I highly suggest everyone adding that into their diet, Uh, not only during these days, but all days. And it's 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 a good ingredient to have into your into your soul and into your mindset on a day-to-day. Well, one more question, because I I am just moved by that. And I want to know, any, how can sports talk radio, for sure, play a role in this during this time of absence? I mean, what, what should people in the media that cover sports do for those that miss the games? Well, I think, I think the first thing, what I would suggest is that I think if we want to get our information about the virus, I think we know there's some stations that are covering it. I think what I would do if I was sports talk is I would go get into much more interviews with the players, managers, coaches, quarterbacks, and start talking about the good old days and start talking about the games and breaking them down and having more intimate conversations because we have more time to do it. And they're fun listening to those stories. And and everybody's always so busy. And now a lot of people aren't that busy. And that's what I would love to see sports radio do. And I'm going to start doing that next week on my pod. And I'm going to start going live on my, on my platform is just start calling up my friends and calling up my players and saying, look, let's talk about the 1977 World Series. Yeah. Let's talk about 94 Cup. Let's, Mark Messier, what are you doing? Let's talk about the Cup. I want to know really what was going on. Were you a little nervous? Uh-huh. Giving that guarantee, you know, whatever it is, or talking to Joe Name and then asking what, you know, whatever it is, just kind of going through that and giving people an opportunity to phone in and ask the players some questions. I think the sports talk should be sports talk. And what's happened now is we're kind of just regurgitating and reheating the soup up. We know the leagues have been postponed. We know, listen, thank God for the NFL, and they got into this, kind of kept us busy a little this week with all the moves. But, you know, at the end of the day, the players are a little bit bored. Let's get them on the air. Absolutely. Let's, let's talk. Let's talk about sports. I mean, sports is a great neutral religion that we all can relate to and take our mind off things for a little bit. That's what I love to see talk radio do a lot more of. And uh, that would be fun to be able to have those conversations with the players or listen to them. Talking with Brandon Steiner. And, and one more thing. You can yeah. go down memory lane on your page, right, at cxstuff.com. Is that the well, website? There's 40,000 items on there because I guess people are doing a lot of cleaning up of their inventory, going through their garages. And I guess people have been putting stuff up like crazy the last couple of weeks. But, uh, but you can sell stuff on my site, and that's what a lot of people are doing. 
And uh, I look forward to you know, hearing from people. You know, I'm on LinkedIn or Facebook. Just message me. I respond to them all. Or you can go to brandonsteiner.com. Well, thanks for joining me today. And stay safe, Brandon. This is a wild time. But thanks for taking time to join uh, my podcast today. Well, stay safe, my friend. And for all the listeners, uh, please stay safe and stay inside for now. And uh, this is all going to pass soon. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Alex Garrett. We will talk to you soon. Please stay safe. Please hear the words of our government today, our governor, our, our mayor, and yeah, the president at times, but mainly our local government doing what it's can to step us up. So thanks so much. Have a great day.